Shoes! Shoes? Shoes. Shoes. My shoes. When did you get the time to put on dress shoes since our escape? No matter. We must get back to the villa in time. You've finally done it. You've achieved your mediocre businessman look. What the? Your villa's fully staffed again. But how? Okay, I may have used the time machine when you were unconscious so that we could see the goblins. The goblins. The goblins. And we wound up kidnapping a child. Little kid, do you want to go back to your parents? No. I am the champ. Aww. The void in our lives can now be filled. Listen, champ, you can't stay with us. Ow. No. I'm the champ! The Champawet Tiger! Well, I'm I'm your guess, Angel. One could say we know how my staff was brutally murdered. Welcome to another episode of Cracking Cryptids and Curios. This is Matt, once again, joined by Angel. Now, one thing we have learned about you before, Angel, is that you love to cook. In fact, you have your own name. You have your own name for it. As you don't quite claim to be a chef, you are what you call a cookie. A cookie being a cooking enthusiast a cooking enthusiast of course in fact you have started working on your own cookbook titled angel cooks the books these are all recipes <laughs> these these are all recipes that you have concocted related to your favorite books what are some of your favorite recipes being featured Oh, you're asking me? <laughs> uh, well, this one might be a little controversial, but oh, one, of my, one, of my, one of my one of my favorite books is called A Deeper Sea by Alexander Yablokov, and it's about a researcher slash government employee who's works towards um getting dolphins be, being able to communicate with dolphins and let's just say he succeeds right and this uh spearheads uh, a whole government program where they, they they work with the dolphins and they give them like high-tech gear to like attack submarines and things like that what <laughs> yeah anyway the meal involves dolphin meat just like a fillet of dolphin? No. Well, yeah. Um, whether you decide it's the porpoise or the mahi mahi, it's up to you. It's it's a, you know, it's a, it's kind of like wild in that sense. Yeah. How long do you cook a dolphin for? Well, you don't cook the whole thing. You just get a piece of the meat. Come on, man. You're not gonna. That's crazy. Well, I mean, I mean, Jeez. not the whole damn thing. Like a pig roast. <laughs> But say I have my fillet of dolphin, how long and what temperature do I cook it at? You cook it on medium for 10 minutes. Like in a skillet? On a skillet, on yep. medium? Yep, yep. For 10 it's, got, it's got the perfect amount of fat so that it cooks itself without needing to add any extra oil. It's kind of like bacon in a sense. Does it sizzle? Very, very sizzly. And then you can't can, wait to you leave a little uh you can caramelize it and uh have a little crispies on the outside. Yeah. Dang. My mouth's watering already. <laughs> My favorite is what you call the Grendel surprise. <laughs> Grendel, of course. Being one of the evil entities of 
of Beowulf, which is an all-time favorite of yours, I know. Now, there is no true consensus of what Grendel actually looked like. The main points, however, are that it is shrouded in darkness, Mm -hmm. was unnatural, and a descendant of the misbegotten spirits that emanate from Cain after being cursed for committing the first murder, of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The blueprint for the Grendel surprise is a fruitcake, but replacing the fruit with various meats like lamb, venison, and rabbit, things Grendel would have had in his belly maybe at the time of death. So... On top of that are crushed candy canes to invoke the name of Cain and his curse, of course. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with this one? Well, it's, it's as you said, I envisioned what would be found in Grendel's stomach. I also kind of got in the mind of Grendel. You know, I just thought to myself, you know, if I was Grendel and I hated hearing those men sing every night. What- I mean, yeah. <laughs> What would I be, you know, eating? What would I do? You know, how would I treat my my meals that didn't have meat, such as fruits, right? Uh, how would I embody these kinds of things? Another bit of a controversial take is that I also include, I, I mentioned this, I mentioned in the book, I actually don't say the name of the recipe. I, 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 I say to to message me through Twitter or email, and I may get back to you. But an exclusive first here on our podcast, I'll tell you the ingredient just one time. And I have, so one of the, 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 the secret ingredient is also the scent glands of a skunk. Dang. In mm-hmm. the in the cake? Yep, yep. Wow. So it, that's part of the Grendel surprise when yep. you cut into that. Yep. <laughs> then you got to douse it in tomato <laughs> juice. <laughs> So you have a follow-up cookie bookie, as you call them. This one, <laughs> this one is Angel Fries the Films. They're all fried food recipes related to movies. Can we get your favorite dish from that one before we move on? So this might be a bit controversial. <laughs> oh, God, you're a controversial man tonight. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. I just want to give you the name of the film, and then you run with it with, in your own imagination, all right? Free Willy. You're just on a, like a seafood kick in these books, aren't you? <laughs> yes. So, well, I can't wait to get my mouth on Free Willy. I can't wait until that book comes out. How about now we change our focus onto some weird things in the news? This one mixes so much. It's hard to even get a, a, a real grasp on this one. This article coming from thedebrief.org. And it's titled, Infamous 90s Alien Autopsy Film is Being Sold as a Million Dollar NFT. So I have some snippets in this article. This is a very long article, so we'll just cover a little bit. But I certainly suggest you all go to the debrief and read it. There is a lot going on in this one. So it goes on to say, Few, if any, pieces of alleged extraterrestrial evidence are as well known or as controversial as the alien autopsy film released in 1995, which supposedly depicts the autopsy of an alien that crashed on a ranch just outside Roswell, New Mexico in August of 1947. You can now own the alien autopsy NFT for a cool $1 million, proving that the 90s never really went away. The NFT auction house Rarible is listing a mind-blowing NFT of a frame from the film. And according to the press release, the winner of the auction will receive the digital file and a physical frame from the original film. NFTs, or non-fungible tokens, are specialized encrypted digital tokens. Any digital file, like an image, 3D rendering, or even footage of an alleged dead alien can be duplicated. However, when the digital file is minted as an NFT, that file becomes secured in a digital infrastructure called a blockchain. Even though copies can be made, the buyer of the NFT owns the original version of the file they purchased and can prove it. When one, when London-based entrepreneur Ray Santilli first released the 17 minutes of grainy black-and-white footage almost three decades ago as part of a Fox TV special hosted by Star Trek alum Jonathan Frakes, it fell under immediate scrutiny. 
Several flaws in the equipment, methods, and manner of those performing the autopsy were immediately highlighted. Although the special ran three times on Fox in 1995, with one airing garnering nearly 12 million viewers, most experts ultimately concluded it was a fake. Eventually, the team that had made the film, dead alien puppet and all, came forward and admitted their involvement. So that's really the crux of the article. The rest of it goes on to say that the uh, the seller of this NFT claims that the CIA has backed this movie and is, is like basically saying that it was all true and that what they released was actually a reenactment of the original one. It just took them like, 11 years to come out and say that it was actually just a reenactment and not the original film so what do you think of this now angel a alien autopsy the jonathan frakes one i think we've even talked about this on the on the show before yep now being sold for a million dollars as an nft i don't remember if i mentioned this when we talked about it before but i absolutely love 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 everything about the alien autopsy i remember (laughs) watching it the alien's got like his little mouth open. <laughs> I remember watching it when it aired. Um, I remember watching it on Fox with like sat with my family in front of the TV. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember laughing at it because it looked fake. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a roller coaster of emotions with this article because I am so against the whole NFT thing. Everything about <laughs> NFTs that has been going on in the news as of late is the worst thing to happen Mm -hmm. in all of humanity (laughs) so you're not putting all of your money into nfts no i'm only putting some of it like uh 75 and up like me (laughs) yeah i mean come on don't put all your eggs in a basket i mean I'm, i'm baking all of my future retirement on the uh, Hammurabi photo I just bought for $300,000 as an NFT. <laughs> it's only going to go up in price. You know, I mean, uh, he can't die again, Angel. <laughs> <laughs> they can't shoot the gorilla again. <laughs> I, I understood. I understood you say Hammurabi. <laughs> <laughs> And not Harambe. <laughs> and I'm like, well, <laughs> sure, Harambe's. They're gonna dig gonna... him up from his grave <laughs> uh, six thousand years ago. <laughs> now I want his NFT <laughs> with his code of laws too. <laughs> I got the code of laws on NFT too, straight oh from the stone tablet. Are we now a crypto? <laughs> oh God, we are. <laughs> Oh no! At least maybe YouTube will let us back on. <laughs> the other article that we have from unexplainedmysteries.com titled "Woman Reports Neighbor for Sending a Ghost." <laughs> so the article says a woman in England recently dialed nine 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 because she thought her neighbor had sent a ghost to haunt her. The bizarre incident, which occurred in the town of Hayward's Heath in Sussex, England, saw the unnamed woman call the emergency services at midnight on May 22nd with a very unusual concern. She explained that she believed her neighbor had sent a ghost to her house to haunt her. The police, however, were not too amused by the call. Mid-Sussex inspector Darren Taylor has used the incident to remind people only to dial the emergency services in the event of an actual emergency. We get all kinds of weird and wonderful calls to 999, but people need to be aware that when they call the emergency number, they are blocking people from getting through who are in a real emergency, he said. For non-emergency incidents, the public are advised to call 101 or email Sussex Police. Email them about your hauntings instead. (laughs) In this particular case, the woman in question was reassured about the unlikely nature of her concern. Exactly what prompted her unusual call in the first place, however, remains a mystery. So can you imagine an instance, Angel, where you hate your neighbor so much that you send a ghost to haunt them? (laughs) I I do it all the time. (laughs) It's not working. (laughs) Then you got to call the big guns out and get the corn cobbler. Yeah, I one. I'm curious as to what the 101 number is supposed to uh, route to. <laughs> I mean, 
where they just don't take your concern that you're being haunted <laughs> like a little bit nicer i don't know <laughs> yeah the, the 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 one thing about this article that bothers me is the the framing from the police department where it's like this is an emergency only line stop bothering us about ghosts and i'm thinking my first thought was maybe send over somebody to to the lady's house to maybe you know find out what's going on with her like hey you know yeah. like some mental health stuff like hey are you okay like what's troubling you ma'am <laughs> or in this instance like did she really believe it was an emergency and she needed a right. police help like right away like i imagine there's a backstory here that is not discussed in the article simply because if you believe that a neighbor is sending ghosts to haunt you I feel like you have a really bad relationship with your neighbor that could be volatile and <laughs> maybe police assistance would be for the best. Yeah. And, and, um, maybe find out why she thinks a neighbor is doing this mm -hmm. or if she has any evidence as to why this might be the case, why the neighbors sending ghosts. <laughs> mm -hmm. the, the favorite part is to email the Sussex police about <laughs> concerns like this, like, the hauntings occurring, like things are flying off their shelves, the house is shaking, and you're like, damn it, computer, boot up faster, I gotta send the police an email. Yeah, that's ridiculous. If anything, send us an email about your hauntings. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of your new hobbies. Helping out people in need that are haunted by ghosts. Yep. Through the airwaves. <laughs> Through email only. <laughs> With these world-changing articles out of the way, Angel, let us now turn our attention to our final strange event of the season. It's weird to say that. It seems like we just started. Format-wise, we would normally have had a cryptid episode in this slot, but with the season three finale being the next episode after this one, we wanted to make sure to end the season with one of our biggest entities yet. So with that being said, Angel, this episode may be our scariest strange event yet and may even blur the lines between strange events and cryptids. There's some weird stuff going on in this one. Are you ready? There's a there's a 100% chance that I'm going to say yes to that one. <laughs> well, I'm glad. <laughs> I say scariest, Angel, because by the culmination of this event... Over 435 people were dead. Author Dane Hucklebridge writes, In the first decade of the 20th century, the most prolific serial killer of human life the world has ever seen stalked the foothills of the Himalayas. A serial killer that was not merely content to kidnap victims at night and dismember their bodies, but also insisted on eating their flesh. A serial killer that, for the better part of 10 years, eluded police, bounty hunters, assassins, and even an entire regiment of the Nepalese Gurkhas. Assassins, Angel. They're sending assassins after this thing. Over 400 dead. When you hear that description from Dane Hucklebridge, what is the first thing that pops into your head that could be killing so many people? A fermented potato. This is like gaseous and killing people? Yeah, I remember reading a story a few years back about this family, uh, I believe in Germany, and they had a cellar kind of deal, and they kept some potatoes down there, and I guess the, the potatoes have started to go bad. And because the cellar is was uh, the, the, the place was kept, the door was kept closed, and it was, I guess, humid down there. And um, dank and wet, just yeah. lets it go. For some reason, like, the grandmother had to go down into the cellar. So she God. went in, and she closed the door behind her. And she didn't come back up. So, oh God. So the mother was like, where's grandma? So no. she, she goes down to, to the cellar to see where grandma went, and she closed the door behind her. It's like the Hinterkaifeck murders. <laughs> and then mother doesn't come back. So the father does the same thing. Jesus. And and, and I, I, this went on. I don't know how many family members went down there. But eventually, I think the, the youngest daughter opened the door to the cellar. And she didn't close it behind her. But she saw all the dead bodies. And she freaked. And she called the and cops. Emailed and the police. emailed the police. <laughs> e emailed it. the police. And, you know, waited a week for them to show up. 
And it turns out that the 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 potatoes were emitting a, a poisonous gas, and because it was in an enclosed place, a space, and and the door kept you know was being kept closed. Once they went down there, they kind of inhaled enough of it to just knock them out, mm-hmm. and then eventually they died because they weren't. It was you know killing mm-hmm. them or whatever the hell it yeah. was. My God, killed by potato gases. Yep, a whole family. It's. Uh, very similar. I've heard like stories of people sleeping in bedrooms that are on top of like a, a garage is underneath them. Yeah. And someone like starts the car in the garage and leaves it in the garage. And then the carbon monoxide fumes rise up due to like whatever poor ventilation in the house and just go yeah. straight into the bedroom and like kills the sleeping family member. And it's like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. That's like that on steroids though. And with potatoes involved. <laughs> yeah. Insane. <laughs> it wasn't potatoes. <laughs> we can say that for perspective some of the most well-studied serial killers in the u.s such as john wayne gacy killed at least 33 people in the span of six years ted bundy confessed to 30 deaths with some estimates running upwards of 100 within four years then on a whole other level is luis garavito known as the beast who in Colombia, ecuador and venezuela confessed to the deaths of 140 children over seven years but it's suspected that he had killed over 300 victims so this himalayan hellspawn was well over 400 confirmed dead it is almost an unfathomable number for one thing to kill that many people this is the man eater of champawat and as dane hucklebridge tells us in his book no beast so fierce a serial killer that happened to be a royal bengal tiger we have a super beast angel, a tiger killing hundreds of people. Is this not how a monster like something in your favorite book, Beowulf, is born? Sounds like it. <laughs> I mean, get this thing the Grendel surprise. <laughs> Doesn't this seem like something that could have like such a lore like built around it? If this happened 2,000 years ago and people started writing epic poems about the tiger that killed 400 people, yeah, the hero that eventually conquered this beast would be a mythological powerhouse it reminds me of the questing beast have you heard of that like a hercules sort of deal where you have to go kill something well it, it's a i guess it's a it's a tale an arthurian legend mm-hmm. it's usually called the questing beast where the, um, the 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 creatures described as having the head and neck of a snake the body of a leopard the haunches of a lion and the feet of a heart of a what a heart is a, a male deer. Oh. A, real, a male <laughs> red deer. Why has it got hearts on his feet? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, what do you, when you know you hear that description, what do you think? Neck of snake, body of a leopard. You know, people, you know, mm-hmm. have, have discussed yeah. this and they're like, that that's a giraffe. <laughs> the giraffes are scary as shit if you don't know what they are. <laughs> have yeah. someone explain this like 20 foot tall, super long necked horse. Yep. Screw yep. that. <laughs> Black tongues. Yep. So I can, yeah, I can see how, like, if this was, you know, like you said, 2,000 years ago, people mm-hmm. would be writing stories about this creature. I want to live in an alternate timeline where a giraffe killed 430-some people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's the timeline we need. <laughs> to investigate this creature, we must actually travel back into time into the early 1900s to both Nepal and India. Very few people know this about you, Angel. You are a part of a big game hunting club. <laughs> Put yourself in the shoes of your lodge brothers in 1905. How do you hunt a Bengal tiger? With live bait. Is that willing bait or what type of bait are you using? Uh, if it's, it's got to be unwilling because... <laughs> are you getting your dolphins back out again? <laughs> No, no, you just, you know, coax a few few of your fellow Lodge brothers to, to, to stand around. Oh. And the, the, the initiates? Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, assure them that nothing bad's going to happen to them. And hopefully nothing okay. does. Yep. As long as your aim is true and steady, they'll yep. be fine. Yep. So since this has become a thing in the past few episodes, what are the absolute top four items needed to hunt a tiger in the early 1900s? Well... The first thing you would need is a tiger suit. Okay. Like a costume? Yes. 
Like a mascot? <laughs> yeah, so, so you blend in. The tiger doesn't know uh-huh. that you're... It just sees, oh, it's another tiger. Oh, whatever. You know, tigers are like that. <clears throat> but they're not going to mess with them unless you, you know, bother them. Right? So you stay your distance, look like a tiger, and you're good to go. <laughs> it already sounds like some Ace Ventura bullshit coming. <laughs> <laughs> Second thing is you need a large, a very large net. Okay. So you're trying to take it alive? Why not? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to show off your... Your pet tiger now? Your trophy. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be a pet, but... You also want... In case the net thing doesn't work, the next thing you need is the box and stick trick. You're familiar with that one, right? Oh, like, right? Yeah, you have, yeah. You prop up the box with <laughs> a stick. catch like a rabbit. <laughs> and then when the tiger goes and knocks the box. stick out of the way... <laughs> And the box it closes on the tiger. I mean, come on. If we have a large net, we can have a large box. And finally, you need the Jumanji board game. Do you have to be playing it? Yes. You got to summon the, the hunter dude. You need him. You need him. Yep. Monkeys get loose. You release Robin Williams into the world. Mm-hmm. There's like a shoe factory. That's a thing. <laughs> Is it David David Allen Greer as a police officer? Yes. Is that his name? Yep. Yes. Need him to crack some whys? <laughs> yep, yep. And then you record it all and sell it as an NFT. <laughs> yep. So with that knowledge in hand, let us see if we can trap this man killer and put it on parade to then charge 10 cents to look at it. The early 20th century dream come true. We must call upon an ancient power to lead us on this hunt. As only one who is imbued with the power of the beast may hunt the beast, is what you always tell me, Angel. That power is Cotton Eye Joe's razor, the axiom that states, For a man-eating tiger to have come from somewhere, it must therefore go somewhere. So where did the man-eater of Champawat come from? Well, just like those damn pesky Hopkinsville goblins, Angel, the damn tiger doesn't even come from Champawat. Is this just the season of misnamed things? I think it shows that uh, branding and marketing is more important than the truth. No, it is. Very much so. <laughs> In our ongoing crusade to rename all these things, what is the proper name for the Champawat tiger? Something more fitting for a tiger that killed over 400 human beings. So I thought long and hard about this one. I had to make sure it was fitting, as you put, put mm-hmm. it so eloquently. So this is the name I came up with. Hellish, bloodthirsty, predatory soul slayer. I thought you were going to say the tiger that killed 400 and some humans. <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. No. So what Never. was it again? The hellish, bloodthirsty, predatory soul slayer. Does that like form an acronym that I'm not getting? Maybe. So let's break it down, okay? Simple part first. Soul slayer. Soul is a synonym for humans. So it's... Slain humans, right? Yeah. Yeah. The hellish, bloodthirsty predatory all fits the description of a tiger. So that's great. But when you put them together, you get HBP, also known as high blood pressure. We all know that's the silent killer. There you have it. God. (laughs) Your tiger's related to high blood pressure. (laughs) The silent killer. (laughs) The silent killer. It's true. I mean, if you see a tiger, isn't your blood pressure yeah, going mean, to go up? No, my heart's going to fall out of my chest if it's hunting me in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, where's my Jumanji guy? Yep. Now, this is where you expect me, Angel, to call it the Champawat Rapscallion. But not this time. I learned my lesson. I'm not getting the Rapscallion over at all. No one buys it. I am going with the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal... Indus Valley Ingester. Not bad. <laughs> nope, he's just ingesting them all. <laughs> kind of give it like a, a wrestling intro there. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a stolen one from a wrestler, so it all works. <laughs> <laughs> Our story begins in Nepal, which, if you do not know, is nestled to the north of India and to the south of Tibet. Specifically, in a village in western Nepal called Rupal. <laughs> Rupal. 
the absolute domination of the people living there began in 1903. Locals start getting killed off by a beast in the jungle. At first, it is of no great concern. Tiger attacks are not an unheard of thing at that time and really still today. But hysteria quickly rises over the situation. As author Dane Hucklebridge writes in the No Beast So Fierce book, tigers are by nature semi-nocturnal, deep forest predators with a seemingly ingrained fear of all things bipedal. They are animals that will generally change direction at the first sign of a human rather than seek an aggressive confrontation. Yet at the turn of the 20th century, a change so profound and upsetting to the natural order was occurring in Nepal and India as to cause one such tiger to not only lose its inborn fear of humans altogether, but to begin hunting them in their homes on a all-but-weekly basis. The tiger ceased to behave like a tiger at all and transformed into a new kind of creature all but unknown, prowling around villages and stalking men and women in broad daylight. So put yourself in the shoes of the Rupal Villagers, Angel. A tiger is pulling people from their homes, attacking women and children as they go about their daily routines and chores. What do you think is going through the minds of these people? Well, basing this on recent experiences... I think some people are going to be panic, <laughs> panicking, and others are going to be telling everyone else, don't worry about the tiger, so go back to work. <laughs> Please continue working. You, there's nothing to see here. The tiger's not going to get you. You have a better chance of, of the... getting killed at work than by the tiger going exactly. to work. Exactly. The chances yeah. of the tiger killing you are very low. Mm-hmm. When you first started that, I was like, you were hunted by a tiger? <laughs> So, and all of this in broad daylight. And I know we've talked about this before, about how life in the past just absolutely sucked. But this isn't just some, like, long time ago thing of getting killed by wild animals. It's not the dancing plague and then you get killed (laughs) by a wolf in the forest. Based on what we learned last episode from the Australian dude, a person could have been born back then, lived a full life of eating chicken brains, and still be alive today due to the long, life-giving properties of the chicken brain. Am I right? Yes. I mean, I've converted. (laughs) They're they're cheap. And delicious. Oh, I can't wait for your cookie bookie about chicken brains. (laughs) So in the context of a creature... (laughs) Cookie bookie. So in context of a creature previously in this season, the Van Meter Visitor was relentlessly getting shot at by the citizens of Van Meter, Iowa in 1903. This village is being besieged by a tiger that is killing people at the same exact time. So should we have just moved Van Meter and all of its trigger-happy mob to Nepal, Angel? Oh, most definitely. Uh, If everyone in that village had a gun and just started shooting in the general direction of the tiger. I know for a fact that tigers are not impervious to bu- bullets, so... Oh, God damn it, there's something this season that isn't impervious to bullets, it's tigers. <laughs> so one of the main reasons for a tiger attack is due to the triggering of some sort of defensive mechanism. For instance, a tiger protecting its cubs. Their paw strikes, once they have that defensive mechanism trigger are so powerful that they have the ability to to basically smash your skull in in one strike. So tiger specialist Nikolai Baikov claims that if the first swipe doesn't crush your head, the tiger digs its claws as deeply as possible into the head or body trying to rip off the clothing. It can then open up the spine or the chest with a single whack. You hear a tiger roaring in the distance, Angel. You hear it pouncing towards you. What do you do? There was a poll that came out recently in which six to, uh, 6% of Americans <laughs> polled yeah. believe they could take on a grizzly bear one-to-one, unarmed. I also read that a tiger relies on its weight approximately 300 to 600 pounds to overpower its prey and then swipe and do whatever it needs to do. I'm pretty confident that I can come out on top. <laughs> you're going to take a, you're going to uh, one-on-one a tiger. I'm one of those 6%. <laughs> and, and then right after the Grizzlies coming, it's a gauntlet match. <laughs> oh, God. And after the Grizzly, it's a polar bear. <laughs> Jeez. I'm pretty sure the tiger's going to kill me first. 
and be like, Randy Marsh, I didn't hear no bell ring. <laughs> You're just going to keep going. <laughs> or be dead because your head got bashed in by a tiger's paw. Yep. My God, Angel, we have spent three seasons ranking the powers of cryptids that may or may not be out there. And a freaking tiger can just bash your head in with a single swipe. I think we are now to become a Rank the Animal Kingdom podcast now. <laughs> what do you think of the strength of these things? So I learned a long time ago that humans are pretty much the weakest physically of any <laughs> animal species of relative size. And our belly is just always hanging out so you can just <laughs> animal can just swipe at it and kill us. Yeah, even a chimpanzee can slap your back effortlessly with 500 pounds of force. Can you imagine the uh, monkey just comes up, breaks your back with a slap? (laughs) Spit on my lungs. (laughs) And then if they don't do that, the mature male ones will just rip off your face. Yep. Yep. It's it's been documented. (laughs) Those things are scary. (laughs) When they're not in diapers anymore, they're scary. (laughs) Even when they are in diapers, man. They hate everything. Uh Uh-huh. The No Beast So Fierce book tells us of a tiger attack in Russia where it occurred so quickly the hunter's gun was found next to his mittens. His freaking mittens came off. And the gun was still cocked and unfired while his remains were discovered amongst some spruce trees a hundred feet away. So these things are nothing to mess with. To me, this is like Jurassic Park where the park security guy Muldoon is hunting the raptor and then becomes the hunted. Is this not a very clever girl moment? I don't think so because these because you tig- never saw it. <laughs> because tigers are solitary hunters, yeah, man. Yeah. There's no tricky. There's just <laughs> just kill. He probably did see it. He says, "Let me point at it. it's already." That's uh-huh. it. He got knocked out. <laughs> it, it took him out of his mittens. <laughs> it hit him so hard. My God, my mittens fell off when I got hit by a tiger. <laughs> So, if its claws don't one-shot you, they're three to four-inch canines designed to sever spinal cords, rip out your throat, or just puncture your skull and say hello to your brain. They're that friggin' big. These things typically hunt bison that can be 12 feet long and upwards of 3,000 pounds. So, what do you think it would do to, like, a 60-pound kid, Angel? it probably shred through it, like, like, instantly, right? Yeah. Like the moment I imagine, like the tiger just bumps into the guy and he just blows up, (laughs) just explodes into pieces. Tigers are just don't mess with them. (laughs) And then, and then you hear about these people that live with a tiger in their apartment because Mm -hmm. they they like they raised them since they're a cub, and I'm like, you are insane! Like, what's Mm -hmm. wrong with these people? Yep, no exotic pets for me, please. Or, I swear, I just heard recently, like, a tiger escaped from somebody's house. Oh, my God. Like, jeez. People, 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 no. (laughs) They're going to knock you out of your mittens. Mm -hmm. So, nothing they did would deter this creature. So, eventually, the uh, Nepalese army is called in, and they force the creature out of their borders, and they're just like... Job well done, guys. It's not our problem anymore. It's crossed the border. This is like the Snallagaster in the newspaper saying that the army was bringing a Gatling gun to kill the creature. How is it that things in your mind, Angel, got so bad that the army had to be called in to deal with a single tiger? I mean, I think it's... I don't even... Like, it's so, it's even so bad that the army itself was just like, once they got it out, they're like, all right, we're done. <laughs> wipe our hands of this <laughs> i don't know i mean i guess the tiger found uh it's like hey endless supply of food why am i gonna leave mm-hmm. and then nobody knows how to fight off a tiger i guess <laughs> and like besides the army my favorite other thing that they mentioned was that assassins were used and <laughs> assassins like implies some sort of political implication like <laughs> Was the tiger of political power? <laughs> what wasn't it like a royal Bengal tiger? Or is that royal just a title? <laughs> <laughs> Had his little crown and cape. <clears throat> so during its time in Nepal, it went on a two hundred person killing spree. So if it was no longer in Nepal, where did it go? It is said that the tiger was changing its hunting tactics 
and strategy so much, no one knew how to deal with it. At one point, it was traveling upwards of nearly 20 miles or 32 kilometers a day to hunt people. So you are a villager, Angel. You heard yesterday of a tiger killing a man. You think, oh, that sucks. Good thing it was 20 miles away. I'm safe. No, Angel, you are not safe because now you are next. Could you do 20 miles in a, a day in jungle overgrowth like this royal tiger? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty winded with one mile on concrete <laughs> terrain. <laughs> You're not outrunning it. <laughs> Even with a 19-mile lead. <laughs> so on top of the, all of this, all the kills occurred in broad daylight. All of them. It's not even like in a horror movie where some idiot travels off during the night to go do something dumb and gets killed. This is just people in the daylight getting dragged into the jungle and eaten. Is that not infinitely more horrifying to you? I'm pretty sure this is the plot for the original Predator film. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> and they had a Gatling gun that, too. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if the, if the story was inspired by was the you? Chapa One Tiger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The story ends similarly with a nuclear explosion, too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. At this point, after being evicted from Nepal, our man-eater sets up shop in Kuman area with Champawat being the focal point of its hunts. It is said that life in the area dragged to a halt. Men and women refused to even leave their homes if they heard the tiger roaring outside. Eventually, in 1907, a British hunter by the name of Jim Corbett joins the fray. Hot on the trail after the tiger killed a 16-year-old girl near Champawat, Corbett followed a trail of blood. The hunter was nearly ambushed by the tiger as he investigated the remains of the girl. Angel, we have a tiger setting traps. He set a trap for the hunter. How has this not become a horror movie in its own right? You know, if we were if we were if we were treating this as a cryptid, it would definitely get a four in cunning. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It set a trap. <laughs> At this point, Corbett organizes about 300 people to help in the hunt. The strategy is to form a wall around the creature and drive it towards Corbett, which ends up working but almost kills Corbett in the process. Corbett spots the tiger in the brush at a distance away and misses his first shot. His next shot hits the monster in the chest and the next in the shoulder. At this point, the tiger is still not down. He then is out of ammo, Angel. He only had three bullets. I guess he thought, I'm good with three bullets. Yep. He then had to use another man's gun and was able to end the reign of terror with that gun. The tiger collapsed 20 feet away from him. I mean, Angel, can you imagine being in that situation? He ran out of ammo. Was he not woefully unprepared for this situation? I think, I think he might have been in denial, like... You know, mm -hmm. he's a British a British hunter. He's in Nepal, so he's probably has this, you know, this superiority complex that we are uh, we are familiar with. And he's like these the guy people. from Jumanji. He's the yeah. guy from Jumanji. <laughs> he's like, these people, they must be exaggerating about this tiger killing them. I just need three bullets. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, Oh my god, they were not kidding. <laughs> no shit, it's happening. <laughs> So let's delve into why this all occurred. And honestly, if someone were to tell me that this tiger was possessed by a demon, I think I would believe it. 436 deaths later, the thing is killed. If there was one thing you would expect to cause this angel, what would it be in your mind? Brain controlling microbes. <laughs> the microbes got it. <laughs> Who's Who put the microbes there? Oh, that's a good question. And that's Maybe. why they sent assassins. It was a government plot. <laughs> Me, um, yeah, well, I'm just going <laughs> to... I won't say there. anything yet. I won't yeah. say anything. So it turns out that it was mostly some broken damn teeth. Analysis of the tiger showed that the upper and lower canine teeth of the right side of the mouth were shattered. The upper was broken in half while the lower was broken to the jawbone. Corbett attributed it to probably an old gunshot, which prevented it from hunting its natural prey, thus the slaughtering of 430 people. Beyond that, the tiger was completely healthy. Would you have expected that some guy shot the tiger in the mouth and blew out some teeth? All this leading to a tiger, you know, causing all of this mayhem? Well, I, I think it's interesting because it kind of... Uh... 
makes the reveal that this beast was b- created by us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just so the idea that Corbett brings to the table, which is the general consensus of what happened, and it has been attributed to other tigers in similar situations, is when they cannot hunt their normal prey, being, you know, 3,000 pound bison. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have to then change their tactics to come to feed on something much easier that they normally wouldn't eat because they don't typically enjoy eating us and are afraid of us is eating human beings. And my God, they are good at killing us. Then, <laughs> I mean, we're pretty we're pretty squishy. Uh-huh. Oh, it sounds like you have some sort of theory. <laughs> well, n- no theory <laughs> besides the brain microbes. <laughs> You're just going to leave me hanging on that? Well, you know, it's just, you know, people were experimenting back then. And, you know, I think I believe uh, around that time, China was not, uh, was spreading propaganda that uh, the British were not supportive of Nepal um, gaining independence, even Mm -hmm. though they were. So, Mm -hmm. just saying. (laughs) They could have sent a tiger. They drained it. They they knocked his teeth out and said, go kill. <laughs> and the tiger's like, okay. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so let's jump into our final Rebecca Power Get Me Off This Ride edition for the season, Angel. How did you rank the In Their Shoes? How scary would it be for the Champawat Maneater? So this, this may be a bit controversial. <laughs> God. <laughs> I initially had this set as a four like this is scary a tiger that's killed 430 odd uh, yeah 436 yeah so i had it down as a four and after i did some calculations though i'm like wait a second so let's 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 talk facts and and stats here first of all i think it's interesting how we're framed this thing as being some sort of supernatural creature with extraordinary mm-hmm. extraordinary ability but as you mentioned because of the teeth thing it has to re- it had to resort to uh, shifting its prey mm-hmm. so so normally it's probably killing this same number of creatures or maybe mm-hmm. slightly less because they're because they're hunting larger creatures you know throughout the year but speaking of that here's a, a statistic a tiger usually makes one large kill every week and I think you mentioned that, that the tiger was killing the humans at least once a week. Yeah, weekly. Yeah. So there's, uh, it says, for India's 1,700-odd tigers, that adds up to more than 85,000 kills in a year. So I ran some numbers myself. One tiger killing once a week would be around 48 kills in a year. Um, that's assuming it's a large prey. With humans, it's probably going to be more kills if we up that number to even just double that, we end up with 96 a year. The first attacks occurred in... Uh, 03. 1903. And, 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 he was, and the tiger was killed in 07. So that's about uh, four years. So that adds up to 384 kills. So the tiger was probably doing a little bit above average kills a week. Simply because the humans are smaller. And it needs it needs to compensate for the the calories that it would intake when qu- killing a large animal, and I think in the span of those four years, the four hundred number is not that out there anymore. It's just it's just that because it's targeting humans, you know, we're so used to being at the top of the food chain that it's like, yeah. oh my god, what's? Yeah, don't mess know? with us, tigers. Yeah, <laughs> we're supposed to be killing you. <laughs> so I. I ended up dropping the scariness to to adequate. You know, we're being hunted mm-hmm. by an animal, but it's not like it wasn't 400 kills in a day or anything like that. So it's not mm-hmm. insane. <laughs> the ultimate <laughs> kill streak here in the day. Yeah. Wantonly killing every minute. Um, <laughs> very, very logical way to look at it. The main thing that I focused on was that Corbett explained that when he got to Champawat, that he saw that people basically barricaded themselves in their houses. Like, they wouldn't even come out there that damn scared of what was going on. Mm-hmm. I remember a time when I was younger, it was maybe around kindergarten, and there was a porcupine that was spotted at our apartment complex. 
The whole damn place went into lockdown. <laughs> Over oh, porcupine. God. I cannot imagine a man-eating tiger entering your house in broad daylight and dragging you. You're just living in your house. A tiger comes in and swipes you in the head and drags your dead body out yeah. into the jungle to eat you. So for that part, that's what I focused on. It jumps through my window like Santa Claus throwing a gold bar through my window and then kills me. <laughs> so yep. I rated it a 3.85 in scariness. Um, how about believability, which is, um, these last few have had some really good four streaks for believability. Well, it's not ending here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I gave it a straight up four. I initially had a lower score because I was going to talk about how it, it is a bit unbelievable, this high kill count. But once I did the calculations, I'm like, oh, this is pretty standard. When I was first reading, I was like, my God, this, this is outlandish. This, this was just some newspaper article that got mm-hmm. extremely inflated like all the other things that we look at yep. but no but to my understanding that is not the case for once i sat at a firm four and how about lore so we mentioned uh, you mentioned how if this thing had happened years ago we'd have so many stories and you know maybe another grendel style uh, mm-hmm. uh thing but i think because because this happened so much more recently when um, the world was starting to become more globalized and people were documenting things and not losing them so easily, I think <laughs> the fact, <laughs> I think the fact that it's like we know it's a tiger and there's no debate about that. I haven't, I didn't run into any weird theories, like Mm-mm. the brain microbes, Nothing. all that stuff was me making it up because nobody's coming up with things like that. No aliens, no nothing. So the lore and even and the mystique behind it is it's just pretty it's uh it's, it's whatever it's it's just a tiger attacking people <laughs> it, it's what it boils down to um i gave it a one same exact thoughts it occurred over several years but there was never anything attributed to it to being supernatural or mythological in any sense at all so i and nothing really i don't think uh, was birthed from that in regards to any sort of l- like lore or anything like that. So I settled easily on a one as well. So how about danger level? Did lots of people die? Well, yeah, 400 total. <laughs> um, it wasn't all at once, as we talked about. And, you know, I mentioned that the scary level is two. It's, it's adequate. It, it means it's scary. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's... A walk in the park. I I gave it a, a highest I can give it for danger. A, a tiger is a tiger, no matter what you say. You know, you mentioned mm-hmm. when you were gruesomely de- detailing what the tiger's paw and swipe can mm-hmm. do to your face and brain. It's like I don't want that happening ever. <laughs> no, I don't want it to bite my spinal cord. <laughs> no thanks. Although I did read, I was reading uh, one of the factoids. The tiger's attack will lead to a quick and the least suffering death. Mm, so mm-hmm. I guess you have that going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, tiger, for killing me nicely. <laughs> Not unlike those house cats that play with their food and mm-hmm. still alive. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you gave it a four? Yeah. Initially... I thought, like, yeah, being eaten by a tiger, probably one of the worst ways to die. But if it is very quick, it, like the guy that got knocked out of his mittens, he probably really didn't even know what the hell happened to happen that fast. So I guess it's not the worst thing that could happen. But in this instance, especially with Corbett, finding the body of the last girl that the, the, the tiger ate or that the tiger killed and then was almost ambushed by the animal... Like, that is just some crazy stuff going on that I never would have expected at <laughs> all to encounter in this story. So I I settled on a 3.75 for danger. And finally, the impact on popular culture. I like this story. I liked reading about this. I wish it had a bigger impact mm-hmm. on popular culture. Um, you mentioned it. Like, why isn't this a horror movie? Why haven't we seen anything? Like, even just the story. The, the retelling of this tale in, in film format, like that would mm-hmm. be cool to watch. I have the only little snippet I found was on Wikipedia that mentioned, I think I didn't even write it down. I think it said Guild Wars has like some object that mentions and it, and it doesn't even say tiger. It just says something and Champawat. It's like, yeah, Guild Wars 2, it says it's a 
a tiger themed legendary weapon. I don't even know what tiger themed means. Like <laughs> it roars it, when you swing does it. it. <laughs> does it have stripes? Like, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I gave this a 0.5. Wow, I think that's one of the lowest scores you've given before. Yep, yep. Even in the No Beast So Fierce book, the author said that tiger attacks, for some reason, get regulated to just being a footnote. Like, there is no greater discussion about them. It's just sort of like, eh, it's curious it happens, but then nothing's yeah. ever really done with it or anything like that. And I just find that really odd that even that author, like, recognized that it was, as he was writing the book. It's like, these are just things that nobody discusses. So <laughs> this entire story to me is absolutely wild. Like, it just went on this rampage for so many years, and people were scared out of their minds, bored of themselves in their in their uh, homes and refused to go to work because there was a man-eating tiger trying to get them. <laughs> yep. Uh, so again, like, echo your thoughts there from earlier. I do not know why this isn't a bigger thing in the grander scheme of things, so I, I settled on a one for impact in pop culture. So what does yours total up to? 11.5. Wowee. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a score of 13.6. So this puts us at a final rubric of power get me off this ride edition score of 12.55 amazing it is the second lowest the lowest being the dancing plague oh yeah who cares about that yeah (laughs) stupid plague so speaking of the dancing plague i was i've been watching adventure time because i've never watched it before Mm -hmm. and i you know i've been watching this since uh first season and just moving on there was one episode where Jake the dog just started got hit by some magic and he just started dancing. He was talking about how he can't stop dancing. <laughs> and I was like, it's the plague. It's the plague. <laughs> Everyone else started joining in. So uh, since this one was so low in the grander scheme of things, though, what would you do in our final amalgamation corner for the events uh, to make the Champawap Maneater even better? I think... In order for Tiger Tales to become more uh, renowned, I would mix this event with the Vampire Panic. So, <laughs> so the tiger makes its kills, and then the people believe the dead are now coming back to life <laughs> or, doing, or doing something to suck the life of the living, thus forcing them to be afraid of two things at once. <laughs> I'm never leaving my house. <laughs> the tiger kills me or kills my family member, and then my family member's coming after me? No, 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 no. But your family member doesn't have to move. It stays underground after they were buried, and then you're just going to get killed anyways because it's slowly sucking the life out of you from under the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no, it's, there's no safe place. You got to leave. <laughs> Just get the hell out of Nepal and India. Just <laughs> just get out. Mm-hmm. Come back in 10 years when the tiger's dead. <laughs> That's a good one. I think I'm combining this one and the worst rated one, Angel, the Dancing Plague of 1518. <laughs> My idea here is this thing already showed it was a cunning son of a bitch. It starts dancing out in the streets of the village. People are going to be like, well, that's not so scary. The tiger's dancing. <laughs> they start following suit, dancing around the tiger. That's when he pounces. When they're uh, hypnotized by his dance and his stripes, the stripes just spin. It's like one of those hypnotizing pinwheels. And he pounces, starts killing wantonly of all the dancing people. They can't stop dancing. And it's just easy, 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 easy for the tiger. And that's why he's the Indus Valley ingester. I initially wanted to give him the name of Tony, but <laughs> you know. I couldn't work with that because it can't just be Tony the just Tiger. Call him, just call him Tony. <laughs> Tony's killing 436 people in, in India and Nepal. Uh, I tried I tried maybe, you know, just calling him Thanos because he <laughs> killed a lot, but it still can't relate yeah. to Tony. Thanos the Tiger. And then I tried to do something like share Khan Gung kill you, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> All right. So curiosities, it's time to drop that ball of yarn. 
put away the catnip and paw your way onto Twitter and follow us at Cracking Curios. And uh, make sure to send us a message and include the hashtag Cracked Cryptids and maybe include at Dan Ackroyd in there as well. You might want to make sure that question can be answered by him as well. Here's a suggestion. Just throwing this out there. Could the Champawat Tiger have been a Chinese government operative sent to destroy the people of Nepal once they realized that they would not fall for the propaganda that the British did not support their independence when in fact they did? And that's Angel's Chinese Talk Corner. <laughs> you can also follow us on Instagram at Cracking Cryptids. Well, don't forget to ask Dan Aykroyd about Vampire Busters, too. <laughs> ask about Vampire Busters. Yeah, when is that coming out? <laughs> Just skip the first one. Let's go straight to the sequel. I'm a Vampire Busters, <laughs> also. <laughs> No, I want I want part two already. <laughs> part two. Um, if you want to send us anything, any stories about your neighbors haunting you, you can send us an email. Crackingcryptidentcurials.gmail.com <laughs> Don't send it to the, the British police. No, they, they're no help. We might respond in like two weeks. <laughs> and as always, make sure you're subscribed to us on your favorite podcast streaming platform. We are on Amazon, Stitcher, Audible, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Apple, iTunes, and our main host, Podbean. If you want that link, it's crackingcryptidsandcurios.podbean.com. And as always, meow you later. This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. It's kind of like wild in that sense. Rawr.